Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 409. The whole gang's here, and we're ready to read comics. I had many comics uh, that I read. I know you did as well. I did. I had uh, at least 32 comics uh, that I reviewed today. Linz, uh, uh, did you have any comics uh, to read? Nope. In fact, I'm not even going to talk for the rest of this because I don't read comics. And <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, then. I guess you're just trying to stick it to us from last week. <laughs> yes. Uh, Charles, what about you? Uh, ditto. <laughs> Classic Charles. <laughs> One oh, yeah. word answer. That's all he does. <laughs> so I guess those two aren't going to speak at all the rest of this. It'll uh, just be us the rest of the day, Tony. All right. Well, um, with that, yes, we I did review uh, quite a few books. Um, and uh, we talked uh, a lot of Star Wars. And yeah. There's some... I mean, we talked about the... The virus, which is the number one thing right now, the coronavirus, COVID-19, or 16, or whatever it is. It's one of the numbers. Yeah, and uh, uh, got a little other uh, nerdy news and everything. So uh, with that, I guess uh, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 409, Darth Sidious and the Clonavirus. <laughs> Yeah. For once again, another great successful charity auction that we do every year that me and Anthony. Yeah. About a hundred, over 160. Um, I, I know that the last figure that I heard was last night before they had, um, I think it was before they had finished like all the cut calculations. It was 165. Okay. And so that's, what we know of, I think, the live packages, silent auction, and tickets, and some sponsorship, and stuff like that. But that's not the final number. It usually goes up a little more. Because we also have the bid for breath, where it's like a, just a direct donation. So, Yeah, so this is a, another aspect, besides their nerdiness, of doing this show that kind of just want to share and put out there. Because it is a big part of our life, um, mm -hmm. helping raise money for cystic fibrosis and... Now that it's done, I, the reason why I bring it up is I had to do a radio interview this week. Oh, yeah. And... The big boy radio. <laughs> yeah. Real radio. And, A, I was jealous of the board. Um, I was on the Shelley Irwin show, mm -hmm. um, NPR uh, radio, GVSU for local here in Grand Rapids, uh, which is NPR affiliate. But anyways... Got got the, the word out beforehand of, you know, come to this thing and everything. And I realized recording here, recording with friends at cons, recording, uh, yeah, I, I just do my thing and it's nothing. Being on someone else's show, uh -huh. really nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. And I, and I have the two other people who's with me who's not really ever been on the radio. Like, they're a little timid talking. Like, I... I have that voice that I just project a little bit more when mm -hmm. recording here and got right in it uh, talking there. But like, I'm like, I don't want to mess up. And, and I think the biggest thing is because I was thinking, which means here when we record, <laughs> not I'm another thing. I'm thinking. <laughs> is this your first time on radio that you've done? Like, Real re uh, for this organization, I feel like I've done something before, mm -hmm. but I, yeah, I don't really. Anything that was important. It feels like, I mean, even if this, let's say, just became super successful, was like a top five podcast in the world, it would still still feel different than going on like official radio because you'd be like, oh my gosh, like people are listening to this and this is like legitimate. You know, you've got uh, what FCC and stuff are like yeah. listening on it. You're like, uh, you know, make sure you don't screw up. And especially too, if you're doing the foundation, that's the other thing is too. It's like, uh, when I did it last year, I said the, um, doors opened at four 30 instead of five 30. And then afterwards I was like, ah, crap.
crap, that's the wrong time. So I'm like, hopefully no one shows up an hour early and it just gets turned right. And they're like, hey, Anthony on the radio said. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So, uh, yeah, that's done. Uh, a couple other things that uh want to kind of get into first because they are breaking news. Uh, there's been some cancellations because of the coronavirus. Yes, multiple. Yeah. I at first was seeing friends talking about they just weren't going to go to uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Now th- that whole festival has, or not festival, Comic Con has decided they're going to postpone it till the summer. And I think that's a wise decision, especially because there's been more outbreaks there. But I think there's going to be more outbreaks. Now, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything. Yeah. So I don't really want to weigh in just from what I've read. And I'm not trying to create panic. I just think there really does need to be some conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. People can't keep writing it off as it's just like the flu. Because those people are not going to be preventing the spread of this because they're just going to think, oh, nothing of it. I think everyone needs to have some sort of thought of, this could be bad, let's just take some precautions anyways, especially for, as we were talking about last week, cons. Yeah. the That is not ever really the most hygienic of places. Yes. I mean, even in when there's not any diseases float like major contagious diseases floating around you're already saying please bathe like it's not even like this needs to what you need to wash your hands frequently a lot of people at cons could just use like they haven't showered so it's like they're definitely not washing their hands out of the coming out of the bathroom and stuff like that um yeah i've seen some pretty good articles that talk about the virus and they talk about the you know the contagious factor and stuff like that and just the biggest thing is that we're not quite ready for it you know the hospitals and stuff don't quite have the kits they need to test local doctors don't have the kits so it's like we're just not ready for it so if it got into one of these conventions basically everyone would get it because every surface is going to be covered in it um people are going to be high-fiving and hugging and you know, and that's what arms people need each other for taking pictures. If and, one person is just sitting at a table by themselves, well, all it takes is one other person to touch that, and now you have two yeah. infected, and then spreads exponentially. You yeah. touch one creator who then sees everyone else, and then those people go to other creators and moving comic books around. And you've got all the signature pens and stuff, and people picking those up and uh, touching their faces because you know scratching their nose, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's. It's guaranteed if it gets somewhere like that, it would just be huge. Well, that's one of the big things, too, that I've noticed. You don't think about how much you do just random things until you're really thinking of it. And I just right now is like even just rub my nose. I'm like, should it be touching my face? Now, granted, I can't not touch my face. It's just it's impossible. I think the average is like before 4 p.m. It's 75 times. A person touches their face. And so it's like, okay, how am I not going to do that? I'm, like, I don't have, I mean, I could do, I guess, like, uh, lots of tissues and use that. It's just, it's not realistic. It's making my face itch right now. Yeah. I'm wanting to just itch thinking it about it. <laughs> don't do this one thing. It's like, that's the only thing I want to do right now is touch my face. But well, And then that's just going to make people want to touch their face. Yep. Uh, Stephen King uh, kind of <laughs> put something out there. It was kind of funny. I do like... Some of the memes, you know, dark humor is always a, a great thing, you know, to get over things that could be kind of tragic if so. Uh, but Stephen King did the picture of Pennywise in the oh, yeah. sewer. <laughs> like, I got hand sanitizer down here. <laughs> it might just be convincing enough. But one of the um, things, too, like I said, we're more or less just saying this to do kind of a PSA of, just be careful and cautious, especially if you're working with elderly people. Like I said, there there are certain people that will say there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just like the flu. But it's not. And one of the things that people have talked about is actually closing the big theme parks. I know Disney Shanghai, they closed it. But Disney World and Disneyland, I know attendance has gone down because people are... Yeah. Not wanting to, to yep. go as much. But there's still tons of people going from around the world, and that's how these things spread. And you only need one. I mean, you talk about, uh, like, the mailman in uh, Seattle or in Washington. It's like he 
could have been at a grocery store with someone who had it and you don't you can spread it before you have symptoms you're not gonna have a fever or anything you're, you're already you know it's like the fever is like oh we need to put you in quarantine now type thing um the one good news about this though there's been a lot of cases of kids contacting this um contracting i think that's the right word i don't know either getting it mm-hmm. and that that rate of like death is like null pretty much so kids are a little more you know resistance to it which is good because that would be really not that old people mm-hmm. uh dying is a good thing but out of the two <laughs> if i'm gonna pick one it's gonna be the old if we had a trolley cart and we had one old person and one young person yeah. i'm going for the old person i mean even if you do it the other way of one young person and five old people yeah i'm going for the five old <laughs> they've lived their lives yeah uh, South by Southwest was completely canceled. Um, I, as far as I've seen, I haven't seen a uh, rescheduling for that one either. So I well, yeah, no, nothing because these all just came out this week. Yep. You can't all of a sudden pick a weekend, but I do know that the you know the showrunners are want to get it going on. They they really saying you know in thirty four years uh, that March hasn't had this event ever. Yeah, like. That's that's a big deal, but this is why it's such a big deal that they are closing these things. That that's how you miss a whole year of a, a convention or a festival and stuff. That money, you know, lasts you the whole year. Offsetting now, granted, it's offsetting some of the costs of the venues that they won't really need to use. But do you have enough to sustain staff and everything yeah. for another year? Um, I believe most of these places will, and I do hope that they can. I think all the big ones. I mean, their sponsorships are basically unlimited forever at this point. So yeah, I mean, won't be a problem. At the very least, we'll get it next year. Hopefully, um, I think these. I mean, this again. It's not like a panic. You know, everyone freak out, and also people are freaking out and going out and buying like toilet paper. It's like that's. <laughs> that's not going to help you. This isn't like a, an earthquake or a flood. You don't need to go out and buy toiletries. Like, those still exist uh, during the flu season. But, yeah, just people getting ahead of it and being like, you know what, we're just going to cancel. So it's cool that these larger festivals uh, and cons are willing to do it uh, and take potentially, uh, pretty much guaranteed, a financial hit. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, hey, well, we don't really want to be responsible for I mean, if well, one it, convention spread it, it would basically nuke the city because that would go to all the restaurants that they went to around town, everyone who works there, their families would just spread. Well, I think, uh, too, not all these decisions are necessarily um, the promoters. I, I do know that the reason Emerald City said that they're canceling, the one of the reasons was because some big publishers have pulled out. So... Mm-hmm. When you don't have the guest at yeah. your thing, really, do you put on a half-ass show, or you just you gotta be like, hey, these people all feel this way. We should probably put our same eggs in this basket and say, let's just cancel it. So yeah, South by Southwest lost uh, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. So uh, as much as people might hate on them for their position in the social media world those are huge i mean lots of people as far as like the whole youtube social media space those are the big guys so for them to back out it's like okay uh we don't have 60 percent of our floor filled now so do we have just like an empty space or you know what do we do one last thing uh with this for getting into some books and everything so production is a big part of the world economy and in general. And with production, this virus has really caused some strain on creating things. Yep, supply chain issues. And one of the big ones, uh, especially because a lot of the work comes from China and, and over in that area, uh, we could see some delays in the Baby Yoda toys. <clears throat> Something that you would... We're going to see delays in a lot of other things, but yeah. trying to tie it into <laughs> no. nerdiness a bit. That's, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you're like, the uh, small subset of the population will be exceptionally angry about Baby Yoda. <laughs> be like, I ordered this six weeks ago. 
don't care about other stuff that it's essential yeah. in life. But I don't care if people are getting affected. Get me my baby Yoda. I mean, I'm kind of mad because I did order one. So, uh, is yours delayed? Uh, uh-huh. I haven't seen. No, nothing is for sure saying that it could delay. Okay. Um, and it could impact production. I mean, it all depends too. If all of a sudden they get an influx of like two hundred thousand more in in the week, you know, then that's a bigger strain that normally they could say, "Oh, we're just gonna up production," but can't do that when people aren't showing up. Um, actually, just got an alert to Emerald City Comic Con uh, is offering full refunds. I know that was also something that people were complaining beforehand about the show because the tickets say no refunds whatsoever. So this is one of those things where most promotions have insurance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if giant pandemic virus is one of them, but... It's just so rare. I don't know if people have that as a writer inside of their insurance yeah. policy. <laughs> and how that works. So Maybe um, I don't classify as act of God. but yeah. So enough about that. I'm sure we will hear some other announcements of things and we'll come back to this topic. Uh, it's the king of the news cycle right now. So it's, I mean, it consumes literally anything that's newsworthy is going to be related to coronavirus. So we'll see more of it for the next month, probably, at least. So, uh... I have a couple books that uh, I want to kind of touch on. Now, the first one, and I'm just going to kind of briefly talk about a couple of these just because I actually have a bunch. I'm making up for last week. <laughs> I didn't read any last week, so I read six this week. How many did you read? Uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five. One of them is booze in the book, so. Okay. Uh, first one I want to start talking about is uh, Strange Academy number one. So if you had to guess what Strange Academy is. Wh- Being a comics guy, it would be like, okay, Doctor Strange, and he's got an academy to train new sorcerers? Kind of, yes. Uh, I mean, it is it is a school of magic for uh, the Marvel yeah magic users, and... There's some people in here. I don't know how well some of these people have been established before because I reading Doctor Strange, some of these people are familiar. However, other ones, they could be from another random book and mm-hmm. have been established or were created for this. Normally, new titles have some new characters that you'd follow so you can kind of just be in the, the know with the new person. But uh, with some of the teachers there and everything, you have... Uh, uh, Dr. Voodoo and um, you know Scarlet Witch and everything which makes sense um, and of course Dr. Strange as well at the school um, supervising um, and yeah it's it's a fun book it's like Harry Potter for Marvel Okay, is the simplest thing to do I, I will say for me personally I, I did enjoy it but it's it, I've read Harry Potter and so I don't know is this going to pick up, uh, you know, and go in a different way? Because uh, obviously you don't want to have the, you know, the boy and the one big bad. So good enough. To, uh, definitely first issue. Definitely will pick up the next one like most of the times I do on any reviews of number one. Um, switching gears to another Marvel book, simply titled Marvel Number One. I saw that. Is that the... What's the cover look for? Look like? Um, Just says Marvel on the front? It has Nightmare. Um, so, this book essentially is kind of a what if. Okay, because I saw that and I was like, I have no idea what this is because uh, I just saw that the... the char- I mean, the character in the front, I was like, what is this story even about? I didn't open it up and look at it, but I saw it in the comics, so... I'm well, I just, I mean... Another amazing Alex Ross cover, and he did some interiors of the story. Okay. Now, this is, again, one of the... Uatu's been dead for about six years now. Original Sin, he died, the Watcher, mm-hmm. and he used to tell those what-if stories that used to be, you know, this could happen. This, the one thing that I know they're not trying to do because Nightmare is way different than Dream. Um, you know, Gaiman's character. Yep. And, and But, I do feel they're trying to make Nightmare a, a bit like him. Okay. Where 
because this whole thing takes place going through he's saying how he's more powerful now and you know he has this um potential with with the dreamscape and everything so he's kind of telling these stories of some of these heroes some slight deviations and changes again all what if stories were just one small thing or some big cosmic things that were different to tell you a different story and so by being able to go into the imagination of these people it's a magical just word to say hey anything could happen even the most bizarre things um but like some like i said I was just pulled in by some of this. Uh, Alex Ross does no wrong, <laughs> and and his just art is great. Now I will say different the different three stories that were in here. Also different art that I enjoyed for different reasons. This Spider Man one I really liked. Just it was like a paint. Um, with very simple um, fluid designs that, I don't know, it was different than most of the the Marvel or the DC look. It almost looks like uh, like a storyboard for, like, a Jendi Tartakovsky, the guy who did, like, Dexter's Lab and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like the storyboard where they haven't, like, you know, they haven't fully filled in all of the the canvas there's still some of that white well that's i mean it's just straight up uh watercolors like there's no lines which makes when you look at certain art uh in comic books you line work and everything really makes things uh, proportional dimensions yep you don't have all of a sudden one arm that's like longer than the other or a chest that's just gigantic yeah. in comparison to the rest of the body. <laughs> but in this, you you kind of have that flexibility to where you kind of see it, but it's because it's the stroke of the, the watercolor. And there's not too much of that, but, you know, there's... there's. I a, mean, even in that the next page, you've got uh, Spider-Man's neck was, like, tilted to the side. I mean, it looks like his neck is broken. Yeah. Like, that the angle, because it's so far. But just because of the style, it kind of matches in there, that noirish. Yeah. Uh... And again, this is uh, you know a, the thoughts of a uh, everyday Spider-Man. Uh, we get we get one of the Hulk and the Avengers, um, and each one of these you know different team, obviously the art uh, doing these, but it all ties in towards the end when you know Nightmare comes back, and uh, I feel almost like tales from suspense and everything. Like he's like the crypt keeper almost okay. of. You know, ha, 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 this is what happened. And, and there's a reveal that he has Doctor Strange. So I'm wondering if he's going to be going into some what if Doctor Strange next. And this was just some three part. Or if that was just a random one off and that's not what the series is going to be about. I enjoyed it enough that I would want to keep uh, reading it. Because uh, like I said, anything Alex Ross is a part of is always gold. great. Now, going from there, and I also tried to tie in these books somehow and how I was going to review them. So, obviously, Strange Academy and Dr. Strange Strange is in this. So, the next one, King of Nowhere. And this book, I I just like the the name of it. Uh, um, I will say this. The art in this, I was not too thrilled of, but the story really pulled me in and the characters and everything that they had with it but essentially it is uh, a guy named Dennis who wakes up and going into this town that he has no fucking clue um, where he's at and uh, North welcome to North Norwick or some of the letters are a little bit thanks the speed limit being 37 was what really caught my eye on that page like that's a weird random speed limit yep. number. And so what are we getting into? Well, this town that he wakes up to, uh, mutants and everything. And when I say wake up to, as the reader, we're experiencing what we believe is real. He thinks he's, it's just some dream. Oh, okay. Uh, I love one of the first things he sees a guy with his head upside down and just, you know, nonchalantly, you know, gets a drink because in your dreams you're probably thinking of getting a drink and then oh, like yeah. 
hey, you know your head's upside down? And the guy goes, what if I'm the only person that has my head right. the right side up <laughs> and everyone else has it on? And I'm like, all right, you're pulling me in with these characters. And again, interaction with some of these other mutant-looking characters really is what sold it. Um, you know, I don't want to knock on... It's just not my style mm -hmm. um, for the artwork. But this this book is whole all about him trying to figure out is you know what's going on and as a reader you're trying to figure out what exactly is going on too now there is a heavily spoiler at the end that i will not it really sets up to what the fuck's going on i without saying much more than that um do we get the oh uh, yes twist? Or, uh, well the twist. Okay, so it, it, it's a real place, mm -hmm. and um, pretty much what you find out is there's someone hunting Dennis, and pretty much asks someone, "Have you seen this man?" And it's like, "I can't say that I do." And he goes, "Yes, of course. No one sees this man. He is nobody. A dream." And then it's like, "Okay, so if." Is he not real? And this this whole world is, and mm -hmm. I'm lost. So they're still leaving many questions unanswered, as far as like, and this guy is just introduced as Dennis. That's basically it. He's just Dennis. Yeah. Okay. I like standard standard dude named Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> will he be a hero? Or will he be a villain? Is he real? Is his world real? It's kind of like psychological. I mean, if they carry, you know, carry forward with it, I think it'd be a cool concept. Yeah. We can do a lot with it. So, uh, anyways, that ties in with the uh, dreaming and dream. Uh, and then the, the last one I want to talk about right now, Billionaire Island, number one. Now, I've talked about it before. Ahoy Comics, when they first hit the scene two years-ish ago now, I really loved seeing a new publisher get in the game. And a publisher that had really good books that they... they they're limited series, but there's been, you know, continuations or second installments of these series. Um, all started with uh, Earth, Other Earth. And this is another one in, in, like I said, the long line of you have the main story, you have some prose and some fill-in other things, and then another story, which is a preview for another book that's going to be coming, publishing from them. So you get, with any of the Ahoy books... A lot more than what you normally would get from other places. And there's not a lot of advertisements. It's a lot of just them um, promoting their own stuff. So, I, I ultimately just want to read first and quick summarize, because this is what pulled me in. Okay. Already thinking Billionaire Island. Well, it's going to be an island full of billionaires. And... Starts off, you're watching the Caviar Network, a private channel for billionaires by billionaires. Please stand by while we verify your bank account number. And I'm like, okay, so where are we going with this? And you have this uh, TV personality talking about... Is it like a classic like 70s Long well, no, Island type character? So the year's 2044, so this is kind of set a little bit more in the future. Um, there is some futuristic tech and everything. But they they kind of don't... We're not very political on this show. We try to stay away from stuff. But again, in com everything is political in yeah. one way or another. So as this commentary uh, personality is going on, you know, sadly, you know, uh, despite what our friends in the fossil fuel industry and then, hi, David, <laughs> have, have been telling Joe Q cheeseburger for decades, we all know that climate change is real and happening fast. So sadly, beachfront property is no longer an investment it once was. Goes on to, you know, and all those, you know, refugees and every, everywhere. Really, it's talking down to the normal working class. Uh, you have a scene of, uh, you know, a person saying he's got a PhD, but he's being a janitor. You have a person who goes to a uh, medical clinic and pretty much suicide bombs herself and the executives there because of health care. And you have this TV personality just kind of talking about all these things, setting up this world for what it is. And, you know, 
it's never been a more dangerous time uh, to be a billionaire. And, you know, do you want to live a suicide bomber-free lifestyle with, you know, mind-boggling sums of money? Fuck yeah, you can have it all, he says. And introduces uh, Freedom Unlimited, this floating island where you can do anything if you have the money. Now, with everything that I said of this book, which really pulled me in, this is a five-part series that I also hope continues because the way... The way this is all set up and everything, you're kind of like, God, these guys are assholes. No, not every billionaire is an asshole. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to uh, call anyone out for their own thoughts and beliefs on everything. But you know when you have a comic book and you put all these billionaires in one place, they're probably not going to truly be safe. I mean, yeah. there's the tension with it all. all Someone's s- going to have an axe to grind against somebody there and take advantage of the situation be like hey we got all the rich guys in the same spot yeah so um besides some experiments and some things uh going on within this does it's it, an interesting read does it have like that illuminati-esque feel where or, you know they've got these movies and books where you're like oh well all the rich people uh kidnap people and then hunt them you like that's the classic hunt tale to be like, honest it it felt a bit like that yeah like rich people bored, and so what do they do? They do like these most the most ridiculous things you can think of, many highly illegal or immoral, or you know. And then you have that whole maybe someone's gonna step in and take care of business, you know, get rid of a couple of these jerks with gigantic bank accounts. So yeah, so interesting. They, they, yeah, so the ending was kind of cool too because that's pretty much what it seems like. There's going to be uh, someone coming to rescue some people on this island and yeah ultimately uh i liked it a lot so um did i say how oh island because it felt like nowhere was an island yeah this was kind of hard to islands i guess technically it's all islands if there's oceans around it so well king of nowhere didn't have an island but i just felt like Two more independent uh, books. Okay. Uh, well, more indie than the mainstream. Did you read all these today? Yeah. Dude. No, I read some yesterday. Okay. I was like, we didn't have that much time between brunch and now <laughs> to read this many comics. and really delve that deep. Nice. Uh, well, today, I only have one, but I also had one last week. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just keeping keeping it straight. Everyone can expect me to have one. And no, uh, no surprises. But uh, I did Star Wars Rise of Kylo Ren number one. Uh, I will say, going into this, uh, I'm a jaded lover at this point with Star Wars. Uh, we've talked in length about Rise of Skywalker. We're going to talk in length a little bit more. All that stuff. But, um, you know, within that, I was like, okay, that aside, and you look at Mandalorian, you look at Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, stuff like that, they're... Yes, they're connected, but they're doing a great job of keeping them so loosely connected to the universe that you don't feel like the jaded like pain of those movies and what they did like to the universe seems to be blunted on how they presented that. So, was interested to see if they would do that with the Kylo Ren story. Um, they kind of carry a little bit of the Kylo Ren character uh, as far as like he's kind of whiny. He seen he acts. You know, there's the concept of the dark side of the Force tempting people. And if you look directly at when Kylo kills uh, his father, um, you're like, okay, that's a step over the dark side and all this stuff. Um, The dark side just kind of has a pattern of getting people to act crazy. And then some Sith Lord swoops in and is like, hey, you're not crazy. It's everyone else who's crazy. You know, and even though the Sith Lord knows that they're being crazy, but that's the strategy. You know, classic uh, apprentice-master relationship. So, we've got one of those in this. <clears throat> um, it towards the end is when it actually shows Kylo meeting Snoke um, directly in person, and Snoke's got this weird like farmer getup on. So he looks like like he's in like a garden, and he's got this goofy. I don't. I can't tell if it's his hair or a hat, but he looks like an old woman. And so I don't know what the choice was on there. Yeah, but what the hell? He's, I mean, 
<laughs> it looks he looks like some nineteen eighties uh, uh, mom haircut going on. So you know whatever. It, it maybe it's soothing for Kylo Ren. I don't know. He's got all these plants around him. Definitely a different appearance than I expected, especially from the movies where anytime we saw Snoke, it was in this very bland, bleak throne room with a couple guards and just him sitting at the throne. So uh, the book itself starts uh, actually with the Knights of Ren. And it, um, I think that's the thing I'm most excited to see some exposition on them. They kind of got the shortest stick possible in the films where they're like presented as these great... Uh, characters who can just like sweep through and you know are they strong you know they're so mysterious and then they get wiped out in a single scene in the last movie so they they got the the short end of the stick but uh, I'm curious to see some more exposition on them in the future uh, they've got the first couple pages they basically kill a bunch of uh, I guess it looks like they're most likely uh, Republic security forces of some kind uh, the New Republic or whatever, and the Knights of Ren step in and kill all of them who are going after these criminals. And they basically tell these criminals, you know, hey, one of you can use the Force, but they call it, uh, you can touch, I think, the darkness is what they say, or the shadow. It says you can touch a shadow. Um, and so the guy demonstrates his ability to use the Force, and I, the one character who doesn't quite have a... Um, name so much because they all seem to be nameless um i think i don't think i read him having an actual title um i guess he does but um yes yeah, so they get this guy to uh get on board with joining as a knight of ren because he's force sensitive and he's also like a mass murderer and they're like yeah you'd be perfect for the team and they're like but we just need one thing we need a death and the guy's like well i've killed thousands of people you know what death would you need? And they're like, oh no, we need a good death. And he points right at his brother, who's right there with them. And then in the next uh, panel, the other guy who's not force sensitive shoots his brother and basically says, great, let's get out of here. Damn. And it was like, oh my God. And then immediately the character, and I don't know his specific name, another one's name is Trudgeon. Um, but uh, he basically says, uh, You've got the right attitude, and I respect that, but you can't touch the shadow. So he just kills him. <laughs> so just lightsabers the guy. He's dead. So you're, they're like, ah, dang, you know, it's hard to join the team. Killing like this, I don't, I'm, I'm remembering a stupid joke that I'm just going to tell now. Of My favorite uh, cosplaying is, of Star Wars is from my favorite movie, um, Reenactment. And then it just shows you in front of a like kindergarten or something. <laughs> Uh, love reenacting that scene yes even uh, though it's not shooting your brother I'm still just thinking of the there's some deaths that just uh, happen yeah they just happen um, so immediately after that first scene they get it's a nice cool intro to Knights of Ren also their name is not from Kylo Ren for anyone who's curious it is not that Kylo Ren had a name and they all said oh we're your knights um, the Knights of Ren actually existed before uh, Kylo Ren uh, left the temple and all that. One thing too that they show in this, which was a nice little change, um, is that Kylo does not destroy the temple. He himself fought off Luke and destroyed the little hut that he was living in, but he kind of turns and the temple blows up. So you can definitely see some outside influence, definitely. Maybe it's the Knights, maybe it's Snoke, you know, who knows. That adds a little bit more to it, but uh, a couple. Uh, fellow Jedi Academy trainees or Jedi Knights in training show up and they have a little bit of duel and Kylo basically wipes the floor with them. He doesn't even like lightsaber him. He just force pushes them away, basically proving he's stronger than the rest of them. And he kind of gets a little whiny, so I'm hoping we won't... <laughs> That's the one thing that I I thought he was just... I hmm. If I could have made him perfect, it would have been mostly his dark like anger part but showing a little bit more humanity than Darth Vader. But what I want is a Darth Vader. Like, yeah. I want a true, like, he's the bad guy. We're not emo, whiny. And there's some of that that we got in the movie. Yeah. I think, not to say the comics are better in movies or movies are better in comics or whatever. Different mediums are able to portray different emotions yeah. better. 
those you could probably pretend or you probably have projected from what you saw on the screen to what that emotion he's oh, doing definitely. within. Like, like this, I you know, this is much more subtle than the movies. It was much more obvious in the movies about it. But it, it's possible you'd be like, oh, he's just kind of torn between uh, these two things. But, I mean, this comic, too, does play off the movies. So it's playing off expectations and things you've already seen in the movies. They're not diving deep into his training at the Academy right now. They're not diving deep into, you know, who's Snoke. They're kind of being like, oh, you already know these characters, so we're not going to, you know, give you more exposition other than, like, the Knights of Ren and stuff and some of these other Jedi Knights. But, um... It's a cool intro. I'll definitely be looking at number two. Um, I don't know exactly when it comes out, but I think they said oh, it comes out January eighth. So I should be around by that time <laughs> uh, to pick it up. So I just saw this one today on the shelves, and I was look I was looking through all the Star Wars stuff, and this was the only one that seemed appealing. But it says the next issue: Luke Skywalker and Ben Solo battle the Knights of Ren. So maybe we'll get some fight scenes between them, which would be dope. Um, in the last page, Kylo actually tells Snoke, because Snoke says, well, now that you're free of Luke's tyranny or something like that, what will you do? And he says, well, I was interested in the Knights of Ren. So maybe he's like doing a join thing. He's going to join and just basically prove he's the best. And so get in charge of them. Um, I do have a transition from my stuff too, but not into another book. It is into, well, not a book that I've read. Is the novelization of Rise of Skywalker, and the what people really are feeling is the big reveal of like the extra details. So you always get these novelizations; they write them about, all, especially movies with like Marvel or Star Wars and stuff like that. You get a more detail out of them. But well, there you, was a lot more detail in this that was not needed. That was oh. yeah. That's the thing is it's it's great when the novelization explains like the finer minutia of the the movie you're like oh yeah yeah. okay that kind of clears up you know the books are a great time to basically do what now we kind of see the directors doing in tweets and responses to questions like in interviews and stuff they're like oh you know well uh in avengers um infinity war when everyone's dusting away after they've been blipped mm-hmm. and uh Groot goes I am Groot and he's like oh yeah that was saying dad yeah and it's like okay that's great for that's like an opportunity in a book it's not necessary for the movie but it's a nice little extra but no this novelization revealed that Snoke did not get busy with anybody it's, uh, the, or, the, like, sorry Palpatine not Snoke Palpatine didn't get busy with anybody well, he, here's okay because I do okay let's go on other things I'm coming back to Snoke because now I'm even more fucking confused on some shit so uh, what we learned is that the Emperor was calling we knew that in the movie yep but what we found out is his force or his his spirit he he force ghosted himself across when he was falling down um to the reactor core, yep. Uh, over to his body that wasn't complete yet. What it also retcons, though, in some ways, is that th- this is how uh, Darth uh, Plagueis has gone through and lived forever. Mm-hmm. This is kind of canon. We've known these things before. Yep. But what they're saying is that he wanted Luke to strike him down so he could overtake Luke's body. So. In, in some ways, I can kind of say, that makes a little bit of sense, but they never said that or explained that, so why do you need to change that now? But that's what they're trying to say, that they wanted Ray to strike him down so he could take over it's, her body. It's purely, I mean, in this case, it's purely just fix the mistake. It's obvious that that's what they're doing, and they're basically saying, well, if we rewrite the Luke battle with Luke and Vader, you're like, yeah, I want him to kill Vader and then come after me, or I want him to strike me down. Because basically he wanted to, Luke to prove he was stronger than Vader it, according to what they're saying prove he's stronger than Vader then strike down Palpatine and some magic transfer happened it's like you can't just take over a body when yeah. you kill a Sith like that doesn't make any sense well another thing in the uh, in this novelization too that they explain about uh, Darth Plagueis is um, why he couldn't go into Darth Sidious his uh, younger self is because 
he he was stuck. He didn't get to um, leave his body before and possess someone else uh, before. So that's why he's truly dead and not, you know, the the long. He's living... not poltergeist dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I th- and we we talked about how you know, and at least I've said that the biggest mistake they made with these movies, in my opinion, is what they did to the Force. And it's nigh. It, it's no longer. And you, you know the Metaclorians thing. If we got away from that, that's fine. But now it's no different than Doctor Strange magic. So you know at this point, it just like, gosh, we need a plot device. Oh, teleporting lightsabers, baby. The yeah. Force can do it. So again, all those new things. I just look at it from a video game standpoint. Like that's a good video game mechanic to make something happen. Yeah. But in the movies, Not it a movie. doesn't need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it also explains how uh, Ray was planning on making a yellow lightsaber um, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, again, you could have shown a simple her sitting with the kyber crystal that was yellow at one scene in the movie to not make it so where the fuck did that yellow lightsaber come to at the end. Yep. Again, all these things that happened off screen they're now trying to explain in this novelization... Uh, Palpatine did not get busy with anyone. His son was actually a clone. Yeah. uh, That doesn't make sense, because then that makes Rey his daughter, if that's coming from him. I mean, lineage-wise, if he were to warp into his son, which it seems like he was going to, you know, that would make Rey his... Yeah. Uh, I don't like that either. I would have been better with just a mystery of who is it. Not everything has to be answered, but just easily waving your hand of, oh, you know. I think like the novelization. So like if I were to take Rise of Skywalker and be like, oh, what would I want the novel to explore that we couldn't see? I'd be like, oh, let's do some stuff on Babu Frick. You know, Mm -hmm. let's explore a little bit of that character and the weird bounty chick or whatever who had a thing for Poe Dameron. It's like, okay, explore a little bit of that, like what they were doing on the side. Um, maybe explain... Here's a like another explanation. Explain where the hell the fleet at the end comes from. Yeah. You know a little bit of that? That's some stuff that uses, like... This is for clarification, not for making up plot points, which is what they've done with this novelization. It's just making up plot points to... Base, they're retconning what people... the what the movie presented basically the movie presented something poorly and they're saying well just read the novel about of it and you'll see that we were right and it was it's just like okay yeah but everyone agreed the movie was saying it one way and now you're like oh yeah well you know yes palpatine died and no of course he couldn't have survived being thrown into his you know death star reactor but he also has force powers which are well, that's what they crazy. they explain that Finn does ha- is force sensitive. Yep, which is cool. That is a, a great time to have a definitive answer. Yeah, uh, and this was yeah, it's an okay place to do it. You left the mystery in the movie. I didn't need to know that to move the plot forward. Like I needed to know this other shit. It's a cool like character aspect of the you know add to him. Well, that, like I I still think the best thing that I ever read tie in wise of the mystery that later came out, and that's why. Our, I thought we were going to get some big reveals of Snoke in some comic book form to where it's being like, that's where he came from, or that's who he is, uh, was when uh, C-3PO shows up with that red arm. Yes. And there was a mystery there. Why the hell has he got a red... Like, that got a lot of people talking. And they had a... I think it was a five-part, maybe four-part uh, Star Wars issue uh, series that explained how he got it and why he was using this red arm. Uh, it was kind of sad and really good comic. You know what? It explained it in a different medium. I didn't need to know it to move the plot forward, but it was one of those things that's going to bug me, and I finally had to read the yep. comics to find out. So this novelization, it again, it's, it's just... I don't think knowing this, if they would have put all this in the movie, would have saved it, though. No, and that's the thing is even with these answers uh, to some of these questions, this the stuff that's like the important pieces um, and the things that they're filling in weren't gaps that they weren't the gaps that made us say, "I hate this movie." 
And here's the thing, if you want to, you know, basically do retconning through the novel novelization and be like, oh, that thing you thought, this is the reality behind the scenes. If you're going to do that, that's fine, but make it the stuff that's important that will actually make us say, oh, okay, well, this makes the movie better. In that case, making him a clone isn't much better than saying he got busy and had a son somehow. I mean, he's an old man. He's also the emperor of the galaxy, so why wouldn't he have some a potential heir or something like that, you know? The, there's established that family dynasties in the Star Wars universe exist, and so I, it's just wacky that they would choose this this way to do it, and they basically just rub dirt into a wound where people are like, ah, it's finally healed up, and they're like, ah, let's cut it open a little bit, shove a little more dirt in here, make it a little weirder. Well, here, like I said, they're trying to fix some plot holes, but I think they open up an even bigger one. So going back to what I was going to say about Snoke. Mm -hmm. So as they tried to explain Snoke was really Palpatine like how how is there a clone of him no because then yeah he has this kid that's a clone so it's not really so never mind that kind of takes away ex except for why did it why why did he look like that did he decide to take him out before he was done cooking like, yeah that's oh, still I hate it all uh, I will say one thing in this comic is they're potentially exploring uh, how Snoke looks like what he does because of Luke Skywalker. So there's a little bit of that in there that is one piece that's in here is that uh, when Kylo arrives at Snoke's garden or wherever they are, uh, he says, look what Luke has done to you. And so it's like, oh, is there a little back and forth between Luke and Skywalker Snoke? Because that's the one thing that the movies failed to do and this is a good opportunity. I think this is a good example of filling something in right is that we see Snoke as a character in the movies, and we're like, who's this dude? He seems super powerful. He's in charge of this First Order. Um, he kind of just came out of nowhere. He's the new Emperor Palpatine. He's even got wrinkly face like Emperor Palpatine for some reason. And then he just kind of gets killed off, and you're like, oh, I guess we just don't get to learn about him. Okay. So this is right where you're like, oh, a book's coming out. It's going to explain who he is. It's going to explain the interactions he has with these characters. That's fine. But it's not retconning the story. It's going to add to more of like that. It's going to fill in those holes. So that's what I would much rather is filling in the plot holes. Filling those holes. Got to fill them. <laughs> uh, so as we talk about a lot of different shows, pop culture and everything, Altered Carbon uh, Season 2 came out last week. I binge-watched that, and really good. Um, I think I might have mentioned that last week. Uh, Castlevania Season 3 came out this week, and I only got one uh, episode in, but that is such a great, great show on Netflix. And uh, the creator wanted to thank, uh, thank everyone that's been watching it because it's the top 10 current television show on streaming services. I always wonder how they get those numbers since most of these companies don't share those so how you typically know or if they're just talking within Netflix as, as a whole instead of mm -hmm. um, throughout streaming services but uh, I truly have loved this show and are you caught up on it at least till season 2? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to finish this and give a full review. Uh, other than that uh, there wasn't a lot of other stuff uh, going on this week because um, obviously a lot of it had to deal with stuff being canceled. So <laughs> The coronavirus is basically ruining all our fun. That's what it comes down to. It's not necessarily wiping out whole populations, but things are sad. Uh, something that is different for you, tell us about your new addiction. Oh, God. <laughs> what time did you get to sleep last night? Oh, that was just dumb in and of itself. <laughs> At the same time, I got to sleep every night this week, pretty much. <laughs> so, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, be able to finally get a Nintendo Switch. I know I'm late to the party, and I know I'm way late to the party for playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I've played every Zelda game, every handheld one, the exception of the CD-ROM one, because you can never Who find it. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And I've beaten every single one of them because Legend of Zelda is one of my favorite of all time games. Yep. Ever, and the lore and the everything. 
So even with the wacky timelines, you still love it. Yeah. Well, I've even, I bought the Hyrule Historia that explained the timelines in a certain way that it made a lot of sense with three branching. It's uh, weird, but it were. I mean, yeah, all the games. This work one in kind the of breaks it of which timeline this is in. Then. Yeah, their their mistake with this was Easter eggs. They have so many Easter eggs pointing to just a disparate games. They've got a shirt from, which is what the little kid wear, like Kid Link wears on the island in uh, Wind Waker. You've got outfits from like traditional Green Tunic Zelda or Link. So it's like, which one is that? Um, yeah, they've got Easter eggs all over. The Skull Kids are gone, but they've got the Koroks. And... Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I hope that the second one has a little bit more history that it could branch it into one of them. It's not needed. Nope. I've never really like cared so much about all that because I'm just like, it's another Zelda game. But it is kind of cool when they try to say you know, there's different generations so there's different legends. Uh, Skyward Sword did a really good job of pretty much making the timelines by saying there's always going to be a princess and a, a uh, hero yep. And each Gan piece of the Triforce, the three of them Ganon's always going to be resurrected, so these other two will come out of nowhere. So yeah, it's not the same link from this game. It's not the same link from this one. And then when it gets to time travel of uh, um, Ocarina of Time, and then that sp splitting into different branches of Ganon winning, or you know Link at this age, or Link doing this, makes a lot of sense and and stuff. But anyways, that is my new addiction. So much that. I'm getting, on average, about three hours of sleep every night this week. <laughs> I have not been able to stop playing. Just remember, you need the sleep so that you're more effective at playing the next day. Your dodging and parrying will be better when you're well-rested. Oh, my, yeah, I'm, I have just been exploring so much. I have to say, I probably have 80 hours in the game in one week alone, how much I've been playing it. And I'm trying to add up in my head, it's a lie, but then I'm thinking, but it's probably close well, maybe to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that has become my new addiction, and I need help, guys. <laughs> Wean me off of this. Um, do you have anything? Not really. There's not a whole lot going on in the gaming world. Um, again, cons being shut down kind of stops the influx of, I mean, one info. You well, know, yeah, because a lot of them will and, yeah, do their little panels so, that explain more stuff. So, I mean, like, Nintendo has their, uh, the Treehouse or whatever, or the Direct, Nintendo Direct. So, they, they kind of put out news as it comes out, but not a whole lot's happening. Uh, I'm enjoying the uh, Doom and Animal Crossing <laughs> crossover memes. Uh, those are sustaining me. Uh, but right now, not a whole lot's happening in the game world. Anime world, I didn't see anything big either, so... Alrighty, um, well then, let's get into booze and a book and we can wrap up. So, uh, the book I'm doing is The Flash, number 750. Reason why is because, well, 80 years ago today, well not today, but 80 years ago, Flash uh, debuted. And this is a giant exercised uh, book, uh, 80 pages. So what usually happens in that is there's multiple different stories within um yeah uh i've always enjoyed the flash just because i love anything kind of time travel and even though he doesn't always time travel like just the mechanics of how his powers are i don't think he has the best rogues gallery to be honest um <laughs> but just how he can use his power to do different things yep uh pretty great so uh the stories within uh had different flashes um kind of all being tied into to the overall celebrating, um, yeah. So I'm pairing that with a pretty simple drink, which is called The Flash. Um, ultimately, you're pretty much going to get anything, like some pomegranate soda or like anything that's red. Okay. Um, cranberry juice would work as well. Pretty much it's a cranberry vodka. Uh, any other... White rum, but what you want to do is you want to take a lemon and cut it in a lightning bolt. Ah, like a lemon and, peel. And, yep, gotcha. and then just and just make this the symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So whereas most try to get a little bit more fancy, and I do think one of the more fancier ones I saw was the ectoplasm one, which um, I'll have to show you the recipe. Oh, it's got it. like the jellyfish effect where it just kind of floats inside. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that one, that one is kind of cool. This one is more just a a, a look, not a a tasting or mm -hmm. visual in that way. But uh, but I mean, hey, after eighty years, do you really want to do a lot any more work? You've already <laughs> been doing it for eighty years, so just cut a lemon peel into a lightning bolt and then drink something red on it. So with that, uh, yeah, I guess uh, stay thirsty for uh, more good times with the gang. Maybe the whole gang will be there then. Maybe. <laughs>